Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists, and today we got a really special show for you today. We, as I always say, we've got a great, great one for you, and we do today. We've got Stephen King, who's done some great things. He got, he's got a new album coming out on August 28th, which happens to be my birthday, which is pretty cool. Um, but he's cool. doing some great things, and he's been a producer and all that. So we're looking forward to talking his story and music and all that. So Stephen, are you here? I am here. How are you doing today? Awesome. It's a beautiful, lovely day in New Jersey. That's where I am right now. Mm-hmm. We just got hit with a oh, hurricane last night, and trees are down. We're down every everywhere, but right now it's oh wow, it's, it's sunny. It just missed us because we're Savannah, Georgia. Right. <clears throat> you know, but it was, but if if we would have got hit by it, it would have been a lot weaker than where, where North Carolina got hit because it was only a tropical storm as it passed by us. I was surprised at the devastation. There were trees down everywhere in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. power lines down, oh, well. fires from the power lines. Um, my house is still out of power. So it's it's uh, insanity up here. But it is a beautiful day today. <laughs> so <laughs> I always, like to, I always start, like to start with the elephant in the room, as, with the COVID and all that. So how are you handling getting through this whole COVID craziness? Well, you know um, – I've been very lucky myself and my family. We're all, we're all healthy and nobody got, um, you know, nobody got hit with it when um, we only know a few people through people through people that got hit with it. So we're pretty insulated that way, which is pretty good. Um, but from a lifestyle standpoint, you know, you, you know, you get lemons and you make lemonade, you know, you do the best you can yeah. do around yeah. a, a bad circumstance. And uh, for me, um, you know, as I'm sure a lot of people, they're like, you know, they have a laundry list of things that they wanted to do in their home to get <laughs> done. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, you yeah. know, it's a great opportunity to, to, to get that list out and get knock that stuff out and get things done around the home. I was fortunate, you know, that I wasn't impacted that, that much in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the other blessing for me was that, you know, you can't play live gigs and you really can't go in and record. You can't really record much. At least now we are in a big space with masks and that kind of thing. But for the first three months, we didn't do it, do anything. So, you know, as a writer, it's a great opportunity just, you know, to write. And just to write. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you have a lot of quiet time at home. I'm not a big TV person. So um, I ended up you know, getting quite a, quite a bit of material uh, that I've always been wanting to write, uh, mm-hmm. but I needed to, I need to flush it out, really, just flush it out, really, uh, with the time to be able to put the songs together. And, and you know, for, for me, writing is a, is a process where, you know, you, you come back to it, almost like a, sculpt, a sculpting or a painting, where you, mm-hmm. you, you, you got to come back to it, you got to put it down and come back to it, you know. And so that kind of time, being home at, with COVID, you know, during the COVID crisis uh, was was great in that it allowed me a lot of time to come back to songs, you know, multiple songs at different times, you know, because you get, you get different inspiration. You get, I mean, some stuff comes in dreams, believe it or not. Some stuff comes mm-hmm. in the shower, you know, some stuff comes like as you're just about to fall asleep. Some stuff comes early in the morning when you just wake up and you have a tune in your head. That happens to me a a lot. I don't know how oh, it works. Wow. I really yeah. don't know how that works, but <laughs> all of a sudden you, I get a melody. And a lot of times I'll get a melody in the middle of the night, and I don't want to get out of bed to put it down. 
on my phone. You know, I don't want to put it down. But you push yourself to do it because you never know what what can can come from that. And I mean, the last two weeks I've had one song after the next in a melody pop into my head at like 5 a.m. So I'm 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 not cursing it. I'm loving it. You know. But um, this kind of quiet time at home, I think, during COVID, was a great opportunity to be able to sort of write more, fired in different ways, and and put stuff down. You know. You know, I definitely know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like when we first launched this show back in January, our original plan was 80 to maybe 100 interviews first year. That was kind of where we were going. And when COVID happened and shut everything down, I told my wife, I was like, you know, this may be our time to shine because there's going to be artists that are, that are bigger than what, you know, that would normally come on our show that wouldn't probably wouldn't if COVID didn't happen. And I was like, we need to just go all out. And because of that decision, not only have we had some really cool people on, I mean, now we've done a you're like I said, told you before the show, you're now our 169th interview because of that. Well, uh, I'm happy to be here, and and you you guys have been busy little beavers of the last uh, you know six months, seven months. You know, you got that's two two yeah, that's, podcasts yeah. a day is quite a bit. You know. Yeah, because that's, that's what great. we've been doing today. You know, we, of course we didn't start out with two podcasts today, or we'd be, we'd be, I guess, uh, probably over two hundred now. <laughs> but we, uh, but we are doing them now. I mean, we we pretty much have made the decision that we're trying to do to finish the year off. Uh, and, you know, we're doing it at least every day, six days a week. But we kind of hope that we can do two a day, six days a week, taking Sundays off, so we can go enjoy a little bit of life. And just finish 2020 stronger than ever. Mm. It sounds like you're on, you're on the right target there. <clears throat> so as we get started here, um, tell everybody a little bit of who you are, where you're from. Well, you already said where you're from, but a little brief overview of you. Yeah, um, my name's Stephen Keene, and um, I grew up in New York City. Um, and I was born in Brooklyn and lived in oh, wow. just about every borough. You know, I lived in Manhattan for quite a while. <laughs> Queens, you know, um, my mm-hmm. my parents are from, from New York City. Uh, I'm New York City through and through. And, you know, we could talk a little bit more about that. That has its positives and negatives, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, um, but um, I, I love my city and I love where I come from. It kind of toughens you up quite a bit growing up in the streets of New York, you know, you know, uh, we, uh, growing up in Brooklyn, there were, there were kids that, you know, it's, it's funny. It's nowadays, you know, uh, the bullying thing and the, you know, you know, politically correct in in school Mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. I I wish it happened when I was a kid because we, we didn't have those kind of rules of engagement. It was more like, you know, some kids were bringing knives to school, quite frankly. And, And there were fights in the schoolyard after school, like every day. And you know, you oh, may wow. or may not be involved in that fight. You know, <laughs> depending upon what happened at lunch. You know, if somebody if you bumped into the wrong guy at lunch. You know, but it was t- mm-hmm. it was tough. It was a tough neighborhood back then. It was. I grew up in a in a in a part of Brooklyn that was called Coney Island, and Coney Island was an amusement park, kind of like you know, kind of like. Um, yeah. You know, you have them all on all the shorelines, you know, Cape May mm-hmm. and Atlantic City and um, Long Branch, um, 
You know, there's a there's a bunch of them up and down the coast. Uh, Coney Island was a, was traditionally a an old amusement park kind of town, uh, seaside town, mm-hmm. and so it was a kind of an interesting mix. I lived not far from the beach, and but the the neighborhoods were tough and the schools were tough back then. And um, you know, the good, bad, and ugly of New York City is the fact that you do become um, tougher and calloused, and, <laughs> and you 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 learn quickly. Uh, your way around the streets, and mm-hmm. that's a big plus. That is a big plus. Um, but you know, uh, it's not you know, it's not Mulberry. You know, it's not. Or sorry, mm-hmm. Maybury. It's not Maybury. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not. Yeah. It's not hometown New York. Uh, you know, hometown America, uh, in that kind of respect. But I wouldn't change it for 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 anything. I just think growing up in the city, you learn a lot, and you 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 sort of grow up quicker. You know what I mean? So anyway, getting back to that, I I grew up grew up in in that kind of a context, and um, started playing. I was always a huge uh, fan of um, sort of uh, Bob Dylan, Woody Guthrie, folk, folk kind of music. Oh, yeah. uh, Leonard, Leonard Cohen, you know, one of my favorites, Tom Waits. These are, these are real singer-songwriters that are just, you know, they're in another stratosphere. They're incredible writers. Bob being, like, out there like, like no one else. Um, and so I started playing. Oh, yeah. I, picked oh, yeah. up, I picked up playing guitar, and I settled in Greenwich Village playing all the folk clubs um, in the East and West Village and just started out playing open mics. Um, uh, you'd go in there, you'd get a number, and you'd, you'd, you'd wait all night for your number. Now, if you got the first five you're in, you can check out some music and leave. But if you got, you know, the 89th, you were there till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning waiting your turn. And it was funny. Back then, people used to swap number saying, you know what, I, yeah, I'm going to come back in three hours. You can have my number. I'm going to play the late, the later gig, you know, the later, the oh, later. Wow. Number. You get two, you get two slots, you get like two songs. And from mm-hmm. that open, cutting your teeth on that open mic kind of situation, they used to call them hootenannies. I don't know if you remember that mm-hmm. term, but um, you'd go out there and you'd throw out songs. Sometimes you play a cover, sometimes you play an original. And that's, that's how I started because you know, you don't you don't really basically get a gig from nowhere. You really have to start somewhere. And you st- and for me, I yeah. started playing yeah. all the open mics. And back in the day, um, in New York City and Manhattan, there were probably a dozen uh, places to play. You know, some of them were cafes, and some mm-hmm. of them were full full fledged clubs. But what they did was to bring in a lot of people to sell more beer and booze. Um, they would they would they would do an open mic on their off night. They would do a hootenanny on their off night. So it might be a Monday mm-hmm. or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but it would never be on a really on a Friday or Saturday because that's when yeah. they would they would showcase a gig, you know. And sense. from that, you, know, you pay your dues doing that, you know, you know, hustling around. You know, I would play in actually in in Greenwich Village in the park, also busking. They called it. They call it. You know. Um, uh, you, you put your case open and people throw in money and change. I uh, did that also while I was playing hoots and open mics. And then eventually you start knowing the club owners, and then, you know, you get you get a gig. And then all of a sudden you start getting a little following. And I started playing with a trio, like a bass player and a violin player. And um, then I got a band together. And you just sort of go through the levels of the different clubs that you play. And um, that's how I started out. And I, I started, I was lucky. I, early on, I, I met some of, you know, 
uh, some of Bob Dylan's um, band members that did albums with oh, him wow. um, <laughs> back in, you know, I don't know if you remember the hurricane and there was an album called desire mm-hmm. and there was a, recently actually a film on him rolling the Rolling Thunder review. There were two players in there, the, the bass player and the drummer, Howie uh, Wyeth and Rob Stoner. So I hooked up. I don't ask me how, but he lived like three blocks from me, and I think I bumped oh, wow. into Rob oh, Stoner wow. on the street. And I said, "Aren't you Rob Stoner?" Uh, yeah. And he was playing gigs. He was actually playing a lot of a lot of the same gigs I was playing back then. I think mm-hmm. he was playing um, more rockabilly stuff like Robert Gordon stuff. Um, and anyway, uh, I was like, you want to come into the studio? I had actually had a studio in my building. My drummer actually lived on the second floor, and he had a studio, a little studio. Back then it was more analog than it was digital. Anyway, so Howie and Rob Stoner came over, and we, we spent a couple of days recording tunes, and that was the first album I released. And it was called Keen on Dylan. You know, it was kind of a play on words. And, um, and pun and it, intended us. And pun totally intended, exactly, um, which was a lot of fun, you know. As a, as I got a lot of kicks out of that, just, just playing with his his band members. And then later on, I did a couple of more albums, and then I hooked up, believe it or not, with his current bass player, Tony Garnier, who he's still on tour with. I think he's been on tour with him for like 30 years. Uh, great player. Um, and also his pedal steel at the time, Bucky Baxter, and his guitar player, John Jackson, Another great player. I think he's actually out of Nashville now. Uh, a, a tremendous guitar player. Um, and then I did an album with those guys as well. So, you know, I couldn't get away from the Dylan influence. Um, and we put out an album. that I think that was called No Alternative. And since then, I've released several other albums as well. But that gives you a little bit of a flavor and an idea of my background. Um, I did some touring in Europe, in England, um, but mostly I was playing in the New York area. And, you know, I was always more about writing than I was about anything else. I love, I love the process and the inspiration of, of, of laying tunes down and and producing in the studio. So that's basically really little nutshell. I love that story. I love how, you know, so, so I would imagine that the way you grew up, big time influence the way you write yeah yeah you're 100% right and the fact that you know the fact that I don't know I don't know what goes on now with open mics and hootenannies and and I'm sure they're they're still happening in different towns all over America Um, but you really start to hone a craft and you really start to understand what works for you and your personality by by doing this writing and by by seeing what Mm. works and what doesn't you know when you do two songs and you know there's 50 other people, you know, in line, you sort of, you sort of pay your dues and you sort of cut your teeth kind of, kind of, kind of in a way. And, um, yes, the influence is huge, uh, because I started with covers like most people, you know, I, I started, I was a Bob Dylan jukebox. I used to play every song of his backwards and forwards. And, you know, when I was doing some live gigs, I just asked people, what do you want to hear? Which Dylan tune or Woody tune do you want to hear? And I would just play it because I just knew them all backwards and forwards and I play harmonica so it was that whole kind of vibe uh, uh, folk uh, kind of vibe and um, yes but from that you you start taking chances writing your own songs or at least I did and some work some don't and you you sort of find your way of what your style is you know and um, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun doing that you know a lot of fun doing that 
so the way you did this and paid your dues, as you say, do you think in this day and time a lot of artists are trying to find shortcuts to not pay their dues, and that may be what's the struggling part of, of their life? You know, I got to tell you, everything works differently for everybody. You know, if if somebody can hit it right out of the chute or if somebody can, you know, it seems like nowadays everything's about social media and TikTok, you know, uh, being in the yeah. music business, yeah. you know, being involved in music. It's like how many, you know, it's it, how popular on your TikTok to go to the next level. And I get what you're saying as far as um, as far as, you know, um, you know, paying your dues or not. But But really, you know. If you can write a good song, or if you mm-hmm. you you get you get something that hits with people, even though you haven't paid your dues, God bless. You know, whatever works yeah. for yeah. the person. A lot of it. Listen, you know the whole perspiration, you know, inspiration kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that that kind of thing? I always love that. You know, ninety ninety nine percent perspiration, one yeah. percent inspiration. Yeah. The fact uh, is that, you know, and a lot, a lot of luck, you know, sometimes a lot of things have to click <laughs> by luck, you know, and, you know, and sometimes people can create their own luck by being, by have, mm-hmm. having done the work before and then something hits. You never know how yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. If you love doing, if you love doing your, your art, if you, in this case, music, if you love writing, um, and if you love uh, performing, and even if you don't hit it or make it, you, if you really love what you do, then you have made it. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily yeah, exactly, have to be. Exactly. It doesn't have to necessarily come in the form of money or success. You know, in fan base or how many followers you have or how how many Instagram followers or how many Spotify streams you have. If you really truly are comfortable and confident with yourself and you love what you're doing, that's all that matters, man. At the end of the day, and sometimes you have to learn that the hard way. By, by by living life to realize that, you know, because I yeah. think when you're young and you come out of the shoot, you're like, I got to have this. I got to have that. I've got to have followers. I've got to have, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to have uh, streams. I've got to have likes. I've got to have, you know, you get involved in, in, in all of this hysteria, but it really comes down to doing your craft, doing what you love and, and writing and the satisfaction mm-hmm. For me, the satisfaction when I finish a song, A, when I finish the song, writing it, and B, doing the, doing the first you know, demo on it, the production on it, that's the satisfaction when you come out and say, oh, my God, you know, like tomorrow, I'm going to record, I'm reco- yeah, I'm recording three tunes for this, this album, Them and Us, tomorrow, because we have, we have a date of in early November of the release. I've got like six of them done already. When, I, when you get into a studio and you record a song that you just figured out on guitar or piano and you lay it down on your phone just to hear it and see how it fits, and then when you go into the studio and it takes a different, a different path because the pedal steel player plays, plays something in your ear and you're like, I love the words, or, you're, or the piano player plays this kind of soulful or bluesy kind of riff, you never the the beautiful part for me about birthing a song I always call it birthing a song you're giving birth to a song yeah. first part is writing it the second part is what can happen in the studio you know and mm-hmm. I, all of our stuff is live takes we don't really we don't go in and do one 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 sort of thing at a time to a click track or any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff we we just go in and we do the song we lay it down two or three takes <laughs> it's ama- mm-hmm. amazing the magic that can happen when you're laying the tune down 
and mm-hmm. and it takes a different direction of what your original intention was, and it goes in a completely yeah. different direction. And you're like, well, I did, you know, this wasn't supposed to be a, a, a gospel <laughs> tune. This wasn't supposed to be a country tune. This wasn't supposed to be a blues tune. But that's mm-hmm. that to me is the is the it's the great discovery process of where where it goes. I love that, and that's the true success, as I was saying before. Now, if something hits and blows up, God bless. Yeah. I mean, that's the greatest greatest thing in the world. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, my intention when I write and when I produce the song is not that at all. Yeah. It's what it is. And, you know, know, so, yeah. And you know, I get what you're saying too, because as a host, you know, every person that comes on the show. I always have a guideline of where I want the show to go. But that doesn't mean that's where it's going. Right. You know, <laughs> and it makes it, it makes them interesting every time. Because, again, at 169 shows now, I mean, there have been shows that have been more spiritual. There's been shows that have been more music. There's been shows more story. There's been more shows about more overcoming. Yeah. So, I, you know, I let the artist lead because, again, you know, we, we tip this and we tip that and, until we get to a point where, like, okay, they, they they love this, so I'm gonna poke here a little bit. Right. So, it's, so so like you're saying, you know, and then you get to the end of the show, and and I get off, and me and Sandy us talk, and I'm like, can you believe where that show went today? <laughs> That's the beauty. That is the beauty of the journey. That is the beautiful <laughs> thing of the journey. Um, where you know you you know it's a river. You know you're you're floating down the river in a canoe. Or a kayak, and you're mm. like, "Holy crap! It went that way. Holy crap! It went that way." You never, <laughs> you ne- just never know where it's going to go, and that, that to me is the beauty of the journey. You know, you know, it's awesome. Most definitely. <clears throat> now, for people that are trying to make it, of course, there is a grind behind it. And as you know, you know, a lot of people, fans and stuff, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, uh, Mar- Miranda, Carrie, but they don't see the grind that it takes to really make it. So and the sacrifices. Tell us a little bit about that side of it, because I think a lot of people misunderstand the artist. And, and, and yeah, e- even though, like you said, you, you do it to do it, not necessarily to be famous. There's still a grind in what you do. So talk about a little bit about that side of it. And when you say grind, are you alluding to, or do you mean, um, you know, playing in bars four nights a week, um, or do you mean a bit of everything. like there's a lot yeah. of work. Just a lot of work yeah. behind the scenes and all that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you know, at, with with anything in life, you know, whether you're a carpenter, or whether you're mm-hmm. a songwriter, or whether you're a musician or a dentist, everybody's got to pay their dues to get to a certain, I guess, certain place. And you sometimes yeah. do things that you you do things that are laborious or that that are that are is truly work. Uh, you know what's laborious and work for me is I am not a fan of of having all the social media and having to deal with all that, you know, because I never yeah. did when I when I first started out. But you know, it's more of a for me, it's more of a chore. But I mean, you yeah. know, ev- everybody's got their own work ethic and how they want to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and because this is artistic in the way of songwriting and and creating mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. People work at a different pace, you know, and, and you yeah. know, you've heard yeah. the term before writer's block. Some people can, you know, and I, I've experienced it where all of a sudden you just, you're completely, uh, you're like, you know, it's just not happening for me this month. You know, it's just not coming. And then other, other times it just pours out and you don't even know how to control it. You can't even grab your pencil or pen fast enough to write the lyric of what you had, the inspiration and idea. 
I mean, I have hundreds of pieces of strips of paper from either driving in the car or grabbing a piece because, you know, I want to get that down, that idea down. And then I usually transfer that to a, a book where I have all different ideas of lyrics, you know, get it, getting them down. And sometimes you, the well runs dry, you know, sometimes the well yeah. runs dry yeah. and you, you, you can't, but regard, you know, getting back to your original question about, about paying dues, you know, I've enjoyed every step of the way. Um, I got to yeah. tell you when I was down in the village playing, uh, have you heard of Beck, the uh, singer uh, Beck? He's a not a real country mm-hmm. artist, but he's a very, he's more of a pop artist. I had yeah. you know I, yeah. I I used to play open mics with Beck, um, Sean Colvin, a, f- a lot of different really good singer songwriters artists, and we were just kids, you know, playing together in the street or in a in a pub or in a small bar, and, you know, and some mm-hmm. of these some of these clubs, you know, would have five 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 acts you know and you know one might be a, one and some of the some of them were freaky in the east village there might be a juggler a poet you know a poet uh a, uh i'll go on right and then after me they'll be you know a sword swallower you know and then uh you know they'll finish with uh you know a uh, magician you know I, i've i've done gigs like that that are bizarro you know back in the day but they're you know you, 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 but it was, you know, being a kid doing those kind of gigs, you, you meeting friends. And then after, after the set, you just go out to a bar and hang out and swap songs and drink until three, four o'clock in the morning. Those were fun days, you know? So I don't know. I don't think it was much, you know, pay your dues. Um, I, I, I had a lot of fun all along the way of doing it. I have fun. You can pay your dues and have fun at the same time. Cause like, exactly. you know, like with, with the show here, we're paying our dues, I believe, as a host, but we have fun. I can't, you know, we can't imagine doing. And right now, my wife is usually on these, but our little daughter is like messing around right now, so of course she's not. She might be in and out on this one, um, but it's you know, but we have fun on this show, and and wherever it goes, it goes. And I do want it to be a Bobby Bones show one day or Ty Bentley. That's the ultimate goal. But again, we're having fun. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. I can tell. I listen to some of your former podcasts, and I can tell you're having a blast. You're having because you're doing a passion. You're doing what you enjoy. There's no question about it. Well, I appreciate that compliment. That's a big one. So, um, as as we move on, um, when you look back on your career so far that you've had all these years. What are some moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." You know, some give us some highlights of where the grind has become worth it now. Well, I mean, like I said before, you know, sometimes it's not about material success as much as it's about finishing an album. Yeah. Finishing a song. My biggest joy, like I said to you before is, is the sense of discovery when, you know, I bang out a tune on a, on a piano or guitar (laughs) and um, I record it on my phone, you know, and I, on one of those Mm -hmm. voice recorders and I, I send it out to the band, and then I go into the studio and 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 record it. And it takes a different direction, and it you're birthing a song. I always you know I always say that, but you're creating something from nothing. But it's you know, true. it's a beautiful thing to create something, something artistic from nothing. You know, I can't paint you know for anything, and I can't draw for anything. And I look at how artists. I have a lot of friends that are different artists in different mediums as well. And I, I can't, I'm like, what part of your brain, 
does this, you know, because I know I don't have that gray matter there. You know, I'm I'm void of that piece of gray matter in my brain that can 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 paint a painting or or draw. And so I think it's for me the, the, the sense of wonder for me when, when, when I can, you know, finish a song and, and it comes together and, you know, the background singers are on it and the pedal steel puts in a riff that blows my mind or the bass player will just hit something that is just like, whoa, where did you come up with that lick? You know, those are the things that get yeah. me going, you know, that, that just make me, make me, you know, just, I don't know, uh, I guess come full circle that it's all worth it when you, you put the track yeah. down. And yeah, and, you it's know, nice to be able to. Yeah, sorry. And you know what you're saying there. We totally get that too, because um, my wife has been a lyricist for years. She's never really. We we don't play music, and we also write together lyrics. We wrote over 300 sets of lyrics together, and and just recently we came up with a like kind of an artist challenge. Um, to since we've built this base here, that where we got trust in people, we've been able to do this. Um, where we created an artist challenge where they give us three topics, we'll write lyrics around that topic, and they have 24 hours to create a song out of it. So it kind of puts wow. a challenge on them, but a challenge on us to create some good lyrics for them too. And, and they have full lead way of changing lyrics here and there. I mean, not changing the whole set, of course. I mean, that wouldn't be the song, right? You know, but you know, tweaking here and tweaking there, that, that's fine. And we just did our first one. Uh, Ashlyn Grace was gracious, gracious enough, and yes, pun intended there, um, to be the first. And we just did it, and Sandy's eyes lit up when, when – because, again, once after that 24 hours, we go live on our Facebook page with that artist so that That's they can cool. play it for everybody. And, wow. and, and Sandy's eyes lit up that something that we wrote together – was being played with music and all that as a song. It was just one of the most amazing things. And again, like I tell people, this ain't about us writing a hit one day. If it happens, great. This is about us having fun, enjoying writing, and finding a few artists that like the challenge of creating something with with us. And yeah, that was it sounds interesting. That was magical. You know, that was really yeah. magical. I'll tell you what else it is. Aside from magic, mm-hmm. absolutely terrifying. <laughs> because yeah. if you say to me, all right, here's the, here's the deal. I want a song on oranges, plums, and nectarines. And you, uh, mm. clock starts now. you got 24 hours, <laughs> you know. Uh, it sounds kind of terrifying, you know, because you're put on the spot. And sometimes inspiration can work that way where you, 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 have, a, you have an idea and you want to run with it. And you just, it's all about putting the time into it. Sometimes you, you, it doesn't, you know. But I, I love the yeah. idea. I think that's brilliant. You know, it's a great idea. <laughs> Is that movie? Like there was that, yeah. mo- uh, that movie. The Beatle. Remember that Beatle movie that just came out? The the guy. What was the name of that? I mean, I can't even remember. But there was a challenge. You know, he mm-hmm. had a challenge mm-hmm. about writing a song like within an hour. I think it was like an hour. Oh wow. Two hours. You, they threw out a <laughs> they threw out a, a concept and they they had to write it in, within two hours. It was a a freaky movie. Great movie, but yeah, twenty four hours, man. Yeah, I'd be terrified. Yeah, because basically, like I said, they, they tell us the top three topics. We write the lyrics for it, and mm-hmm. then they now, now now we don't do it in 24 hours. We, we so we're not you know we take a few days to do the lyrics side. You know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now now we are now once we've done a lot of them, we're considering. Well, you know what? Maybe we should eventually do it where if we want to step it up down the road. Mm-hmm. We have 24 hours to create the lyrics, and then they have 24 hours to make it a song. That would be cool. Too. Right. 
<laughs> right. So basically, when you give that challenge, they just have to create the music around the words that you've put down, right? They, yep. And they, and they can and they and they have full reign to tweak it. But, you know, again, because it, I right. know that just just because we see it doesn't mean they'll see it in the same way we see it. Right. <laughs> and you know, like I think um, Ashlyn, if we she probably tweaked it about maybe 15% of it, so it was what we wrote, you know, which was pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, and scary. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was fun, though, and like I said, we got another one coming up this coming weekend, and we'll, who knows, and again, we're not looking for that to be something big, but something challenging for my wife and I, because we, we have to create something that they can make something out of. You sure. know, and then uh, and then challenging on their end because they got 24 hours to turn it into a song. <laughs> well, there's plenty. There's plenty of you know, one thing I'll tell you as a songwriter. There's plenty of stuff out there uh-huh. to write about. There always is, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we're going to take a quick break now, and and then we're going to come back and play your song "Vilm and Us" and talk about that. How's that sound? Love that. Love that. Sounds great. All right. Hang on the line. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
This one's a, this one's strange, uh, interesting. From I mean, it's funny how songs can come to you and stuff. But um, you know, the thing that moves me the most, I write I write songs, you know, about love and breakup and and drinking and like mm-hmm. most people, you know what I mean, like most people. Yeah. Uh, but when um every now and then I I I I'm able to write something that it can change. Uh, mm-hmm. can change people or has the opportunity, I should say, to change people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, to me, that's really, that's the sweet spot. That's like the, you know, that's that's what gets me going and why I, I like doing this kind of a thing if if there's an opportunity to, to make a difference. And I've only had a few songs in my in my life that I wrote that I think could change a person's mindset about mm-hmm. uh, or open them up to, um, you know, to not be uh, judgmental, prejudiced, biased, um, have a different opinion about where they come from and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those kind of songs. So the story about them and us is um, about six weeks before before the Floyd incident happened. I always had a mindset of writing a song, and it's been. I call it percolating, you know, but marinating in my mind for quite a while. What I wanted to do is just write a song about people's perspectives on their their circle, um, yeah. and w- where they where they where the walls of the, that circle is in 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 their life. And it could be religious, it could be mm-hmm. racial, it could be totally mm-hmm. racial, mm-hmm. it could be uh, sexual preference. It could be um, it could be uh, economic status, um, them and us, the people with money, yeah. the people without money. Uh, it could be, um, uh, as I said, sh- sexual orientation. It could be race. It could be black, white. It could be um, uh, it could be religious. It could be them and us. You know, this is, this is my this is my tribe. These are my people. They're yeah, the, those exactly. people, right? 
And that was, that was something that I always wanted to write a song about that, the division and the mindset of people to throw walls around them and us. And this is us and you're, you're them, you know? And ironically enough, four weeks, five weeks, I wrote the first six verses of them and us So what I did was I wrote the last three verses around the Floyd incident, the last two verses, I should say, around the Floyd oh, incident, wow. and, and, and we put it out. But it was ironic that I wrote this kind of them and us song, uh, specifically a lot to do with racial, the racial divide in America. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, you know, there's a there's a lot, a lot of that up front in the song. Anyway, wrote that song. We recorded it. And. um that's the single that's coming out August 28th, um, called them and us and had a great, great, a, a lot of great artists on there, um, uh, players on there. Pedal steel is really great. I had a great, great back backup singer, Jesse Wagner that sang great. She sings with Lenny Kravitz and Steve. Oh, wow. Um, there's some really good heavyweight, uh, players on there. They're all unbelievable musicians, real professionals. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I record out of, um, Long Branch, New Jersey, there's a great studio mm-hmm. over there. It's been around for a while. It's called uh, Surefire Recording Studio, and okay. I'm very friendly okay. with the engineer there. So we just we just laid it down, and then we just mixed it. And um, yeah. this yeah. is this is the title track for the album um, that'll be coming out in November. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. I'm recording three more tomorrow, and we'll probably have ten to twelve tunes for for the album. We the first single we released was called Save Yourself, and that came out. Gee, when did that come out? That came out several several months ago. Um, mm. This is this is the second second single off the new oh, album. Wow. Yeah. yeah, there'll be a video. There's a great video that my video guy did with this um, uh, around really specifically around the them and us idea of religion, race, um, sexual preference, um, and uh, that that'll also be released on August 28th as well on YouTube and cool. Vivo. So as you know, you know, whether you're an artist, songwriter or not, there's always a team behind you in most cases. I mean, I think some people are one-man show, but for the most part, people have a team. But fans don't get to see that. And, I, and to me, I think that some of the most unrecognized people out there is the team behind any artist and all that. So I always like to give a, the artist a chance to kind of talk about the team, whether it's the PR people, whether it's producers, whether it's um, – Managers doesn't matter. You know, just take a few minutes to tell us the team behind you. Well, yeah, you know, you know how it is in any business. There's there's always a lawyer, right? There's always a lawyer, and there's the man, right. Dan Shillman is my lawyer. He's, he's really phenomenal, and um, and my manager, Jason Jordan, uh, been in the business for many many years. He used to own his own record label, and. Oh, wow. um, He's out there a lot, and my the the my engineer Joe DeMeo is the guy who records us in his studio, and he really does all the mixing, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And really, I think it's a group effort when it comes to production with the with Joe, myself, and the and the players. They are all um, you know consummate musicians, and and we all have our input. We're lucky though; we pretty much go in there and just you know rehearse it for a few a few times and then just knock it out they they get the demo you know uh previous to to figure out the chords i don't read music so i have no idea what i'm doing but i send them the track and 
they right. they're they're they chart it out and they figure it out from there. Oh, wow. Some of the and some of those guys that I'm playing with are um uh Joe Napolitano, he's the pedal steel player, Matt O'Ray is the guitar player. He actually plays with Bon Jovi all the time. He's heavy duty. Oh, wow. Rich Scanella is my drummer. Lisa Testa on background vocals. Um Jesse Wagner, as I just mentioned, she's playing with Van Zan and, and um and many, many others. Arno Wendt mm-hmm. is my piano player um, and organ player. Uh, Joseph Charlazana, I always have a problem pronouncing his name. He's a bass player, and he's really, really incredible. Um, Jim Ellen does all of the art uh, and uh, art direction on, on everything, and um, uh, Jeff Becker does uh, all the photography and video uh, as well. Um uh, and uh, John, uh, uh, I can't pronounce his last name either. Vondracek did all the uh, yeah. did the video uh, of them and us, which will which will be out shortly. In fact, you can see the old one that he did on Save Yourself on on YouTube. You just go on to yeah. Stephen King, you know, and it, it's up there. It's up there. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, um, we kind of have a third party co-host. We always you know joke about, but it's really true. Where we are eight year old, we always allow him to come on and ask each artist one question. Yeah. So Sandy's going to get yeah. him. Sandy's going to get him on there. He loves it. And you know what? We're a family affair, and we've got a 17 month old daughter. So when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in too. <laughs> well, congratulations! That's great stuff. Well, thanks. <clears throat> so, so she's about to get him now, I think. Cool. But my, you, you might hear our da- little daughter. Yes, our daughter's here with him, too. But here is Christopher with his question. Hey, Christopher. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Oh, my God. I have so many. I don't even know where to start. Let's think this through. I got to say, I've always been a big fan of pizza. Do you like pizza? Mm. That's his favorite. Is that his favorite, too? What do you know? We both have that in common. I like pizza, yeah. and I got to tell you, I'm a sucker for shrimp. I love shrimp. Do you like shrimp, or are you too young for yes, shrimp? Yes, I do. Okay. So shrimp, I think the best combination would be to have a shrimp pizza. Now, that sounds great. Oh, wow. Do you like hot yes. sauce? Hot sauce? How about hot sauce? Yes, I do like hot sauce. Oh, my God. So <laughs> let's think this through now. A shrimp hot sauce pizza would be, like, the best. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He loves That's that. cool. Yeah. I've got a little one. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. I have a, I have a little one the same age, about the same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, because I, you know, I've, one thing I've learned through the years is, um, you know, your kids have a front row seat to your passion. And if you want them to live out theirs one day, they need to see you living out yours. I would agree 110%. There's no question about it. And and what better way for you to pass on that passion and inspiration by having them involved, you know, no, no and, doubt. And you know what's cool about this, though? Is many times we'll, we'll watch people's Facebook Lives that we've interviewed, and if they talk about our show, they almost always talk about Lil Chris. And and we're sitting there like, well, he's our secret weapon, I guess, so that we'll be memorized. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, that's the best. Yeah, and you're, you're building you're building great memories for him as well. Oh, most definitely. Because to me, 
you you can take all the material things away. I don't care. We we build our life around experiences. No doubt, I agree with you hundred <clears throat> percent. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Well, you already know um, who my heroes are. You know, I already mentioned. So it's you know Dylan yeah. Guthrie and. <laughs> And Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen, who oh, I love, who just recently passed, unfortunately. Um, but I got I got the chance yeah. to see him live. Oh, um, oh. But you know, I, I got to tell you, it's funny. You know, I know a lot of people co-write, and mm-hmm. and they, you know, it's like a, the thing to do. You know, is to mm-hmm. have another writer on it, or four other writers, or six other our writers, or eight other writers. I've never I've yeah. never co-written. I've never co-written. With anyone. Oh wow! And I, I think it would be a great experience. I've never, I've never had the opportunity. Um, I've always just put out my own stuff. But um, if I could, outside of the, you know, my heroes, um, or you know, it would be any. Actually, it would be any of my heroes. You know, um, yeah, you said dead or alive. So yeah, it would be any any of those guys. It would be that would be that would be incredible. What would I write about? Some kind of a song that would change a person change the world well i won't well that would that's a big order uh i would just say <laughs> you know I, I mean similar to them it's a good opportunity for me to talk about this because it ties into them and us mm-hmm. you know yeah. so many yeah. songs that woody put out and dylan put out mm-hmm. were songs that were bigger than life kind of songs blown in the wind for example you know um this land is your land by Woody. Um, so many tunes that are just that are forever. They're forever songs. They're songs that will last forever. They're not heartbreak songs. They're not you know uh, songs about uh, losing your job or drinking or anything like that. And they have their place too. Don't get me wrong. But when when somebody can write that kind of a song, um, a song that will be live forever and that can change a person's mindset, you know, we're all in my mind, we're all creatures of our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents. And sometimes we get, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I know I do, I get stuck in the way of that in, 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 in the good, bad, and ugly. And sometimes a song can shed light on, on tolerance and it can shed light on uh, different ways other people live their lives and to be open to that. And just different ways of people's being to be open to that too. You know, we, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too. We get into patterns of comfortability of where we come from and who we are. And so, if if there's a song that could break that and shed light that we're all the same and that we're all individuals and that we're all uh, open-minded, compassionate kind of people that that will, are accepting. Now more than ever, with what's going on now, with with all the protests, that kind of a tune or that kind of a mindset yeah. would be yeah. the kind of song that I would want to write with any of those with any of those dudes and any of those four dudes. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So, what song of yours that you've written through the years means the most? And I know they're all your babies because you've birthed yeah. them. What song yeah. means the most and why? Well. This this latest one, this I'll tell you the one that, that you know the one that means the most to me is the one I'm going to record tomorrow, you know. Oh, and well, if you ask oh, yeah. if you ask me next week, what's the It'll one be that the means one you're the most? Recording. It's the the next one that I'm doing that I'm almost finished with because 
that's that's in the moment of of your passion you know i mean mm-hmm. them and us means a lot to me because it's all about it's all about tolerance and it's all about ex- mm-hmm. accepting mm-hmm. the other human being for for their good bad and ugly and non yeah. not to judge yeah. not to judge at all but the next song that i'm writing uh, th- that i wrote and that i'm recording tomorrow is is a, a tune called it's why i am who i am and 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 it's about it's really about mm-hmm. It's about it's about when you grow up and what you're dealing with and mm-hmm. how that changes your life as a as a tr- if you're traumatized at an early age in life yeah and how that that redirects your entire life and and being oh, conscientious you know, so um, some of the subject matter has to do with some delicate things you know parents dying mm-hmm. or yeah. parents parent, parents that are abusive um and how that shapes the trajectory of who you become mm. in life. And, and the whole song, really, quite frankly, is about, is about how you, if, you, if you're conscious of it, you can change mm. the course. Mm. You can change the course of who you become in and life I, if you're conscious I love, of it. I love that because we're actually writing a book called Broken Together. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's all, almost to the T of what you're talking about where when two people get married, it's a marriage book. They're both broken. They might be at different um, area, may, might be at different levels, but they're both broken. I mean, nobody's nobody's in this life who's not been who's not had a rough past. And the book is premises is on what you just said. It's about acknowledging your past so that you can realize you're broken from that past, and you and your spouse will see things different because of each other's past. Yep, that's it. That's exactly what I've written. That is exactly it, and what it really comes down to is um, is is you know almost in a way um, let me be let me be aware of the harm that it's done, and and you know Lord let me let me overcome. In a way, it's let me overcome. Yeah. That's the key words in the chorus. You know, it's why I am who I am. Let let me overcome. You know, we are such we are so imprinted with who we are when we grow up, trauma or no trauma, that it affects who we pick as a spouse, how we treat our children, yep. you know, mm-hmm. the whole path down. I mean, yeah, the cycle, exactly. The, the, the circle and cycle, you know. Um, I mean, it's ba- basic, mm-hmm. you know, psychology 101, but it actually makes for a great, it makes for a really great uh, song in that context. Yeah. And, and um, so I'm excited about, you know, when you ask me, which is a great question for all artists, what 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 are you? I'm most excited about the next one. That's that's really awesome. Um, so you've worked with a lot of artists through the years as a producer and all that. Who are some of the artists you've worked with? That some of your most memorable artists? Well, I think I think well, I I love my current band. I, I, the guys that I mentioned before, <laughs> the, the singers. Yeah. I just love them because they're so mature. And sensible, mm-hmm. and and all incredible artists. Uh, you know, each one of them is has a great ear. You know, and just and they're all producers in their own right. Um, mm-hmm. For me, starting out as a kid, when I got to play with Rob Stoner, Howie Wyeth, John Jackson, oh, wow. Tony Garnier, those were like you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's a big deal when you're you're playing with the with the your heroes band. You know, uh-huh. what I mean, so yeah. so yeah. I mean that was for me that was. I also played with Danny Kalb. He was in the Blues Project back in the 60s in the Village as well. Legendary guy. 
Uh, but these are the people that um, these are the people that you know I, I enjoyed playing with, um, and that really mm -hmm. w were a big influence on my life. You know, a huge influence yeah. on my life. And I, I love that. So as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you and get your album and all that. Well, it's on all the usual suspect channels, which would be, you know, um, digitally. I'm on Stephen Keen, uh, S-T-E-V-E-N-K-E-E-N-E, -E -E -E, on, on everything, you know, all the digital platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple. And uh, social media would be the uh, Stephen Keen Music on Instagram. Or you just go to the website, my website, which is stephenkeen.com, and everything's right there, all the new releases that are coming out and uh, total total history. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we look forward to definitely having you back down the road. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I can't believe how fast it went. Yeah. Some, sometimes people tell me, I can't do 60 minutes. And right. I'm like, we'll just, we'll just do wherever it goes. And then when 60 minutes comes up, they're like, oh, wow. What? It's already 60 yeah. minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Because I know great. when Thank you know when we do shows, we have fun and all that, so we make it go by fast. You sure do. You sure do. Thank you so much for, for letting me be on today. All right. Thanks, and we'll talk to you real soon. All right. You too. Take mm -hmm. care. Bye.